The Lord be with you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. certainly a beautiful Sunday. I think all week the weather has been wonderful. It's a beautiful day to gather here in the church and that sort of pressure is off from school and we're starting to kind of wind our way down into the summer. It's just a good time. And in the church this is a wonderful time as well and there's a couple of incredible feasts and celebrations and solemnities that are coming today and in the weeks ahead. And so today in the church we celebrate the solemnity of the ascension. The ascension is the day that Jesus Christ ascends, literally raised up, goes into heaven and takes his spot at the right hand of the Father. You can say body and soul, Jesus ascends to be with God the Father, where he descended from heaven to come be with us in the flesh. Ultimately, he never meant to be here, but rather he wanted to take us to heaven. And so Jesus goes back to heaven. And we celebrate this feast, the Ascension. It's kind of an interesting thing that we're celebrating because we really have been preparing for this day for some time. In fact, I might argue we've been preparing for it since February 22nd of this year, Ash Wednesday. Because Ash Wednesday is the day that we start the season of Lent, where we prepare for the Paschal mystery, the Passover mystery, the mystery of Jesus Christ passing from death to new life, passing over from this world back into heaven. And the Paschal mystery is made up of the suffering of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. And so there's a certain fulfillment in the entirety of the life of Jesus Christ today. So the church celebrates with great sort of solemnity with great sort of anticipation. But I think if we kind of really wrestle with it a little bit, we're not sure how to feel about the ascension. Because if you're like me, many times you've thought, Jesus, why didn't you just stay? Do we not just wish he was right here? That all of our complaints, all of our concerns, it would be so much easier if you just left. Why? If you just stayed, why did you leave us? Did you leave us? Because as we celebrate the Ascension, the Gospel today also says this beautiful line at the end of Matthew, the Great Commission. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you until the end of the age. That Jesus is with us. He has never departed. And so the ascension is not this leaving of Jesus. In fact, quite the opposite. It's the day that he becomes ever more present to us. But at the same time, I think it is worthy of just kind of wrestling with, how do I feel? Don't we just wish he was more present? But I think it's helpful to look at how the apostles responded. How did they experience this day? Well, in the first reading, we actually have the story of the ascension. And the story of the ascension appears both in the Acts of the Apostles and the Gospel according to Luke. Now, the cool thing is both of those are meant to be read together. Luke, the evangelist, wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. And the Acts of the Apostles begins, that's what we read today, with the ascension, and the Gospel of Luke ends with the ascension. And so in the Acts of the Apostles that we read today, the Apostles are kind of staring. They're just like, what's going on? Where, where am I supposed to look? And they just kind of gaze into the sky, and these two men likely two angels say, what are you doing? Why are you looking? Jesus will return the same way he came. And there might be a strange kind of response, you might think, of why they kind of chide, the angels kind of chide them. But if you go to the end of Luke, Jesus is very clear. He tells them he is going to ascend, and he gives them very clear instructions. He says, wait here. Wait in the city because I am going to send the Holy Spirit. And so that's actually why in the Acts of the Apostles, that the Apostles don't really quite get it. That's why the two men kind of say, no, Jesus told you this was going to happen. But the response is actually, I think, most beautifully portrayed in the Gospel of Luke because it says that after he ascended, What did the apostles do? They rejoiced. They celebrated. They were joyful. Now think about that. In your life, if the best friend you've ever had, someone who worked miracles, revealed his heart to you, showed you how much he loved you, lived this self-sacrificial love, all of a sudden is going to depart from you, Don't you think you'd be a little sad? And they're not. They're overjoyed. They rejoice. The question is why? Why do we rejoice that Jesus has been taken up into heaven? Why did the apostles rejoice? I think the answer is it just it's part of the story of the gospel. And I'll give you three concrete reasons why I think we do rejoice at a day like today. The first is that. By Jesus ascending into heaven, he shows us where we are supposed to go. He shows us that our destiny is not this world, its troubles and its trials, but that by Jesus ascending into heaven, he opens the path to heaven, and now human nature, truly God and truly man, human nature is in heaven with God, showing that our nature belongs there. It says in the opening prayer that where the head has gone, so the body will follow. That we as the body of Christ are destined 
to be with God. That's what we were created for. That's one reason to rejoice. The second reason to rejoice is to understand that being seated at the right hand of the Father is what Jesus has given, and that God the Father bestows great power, great blessings upon the Son. And to understand that the whole mission of the Son is to bring all of humanity back to the Father. And so this bestowal of authority upon Jesus Christ means that we have an intercessor in heaven. So much of the Old Testament is trying to figure out who God is. How do we pray to him? How do we understand? How come he doesn't help us, it seems? And now when Jesus ascends into heaven, you know with certainty and a surety that you and all of your weaknesses our broken, fallen human nature, we have an advocate, an intercessor, that God truly hears our prayers. That's the second reason they rejoice. But the third reason, I think, and this is a bit of a speculation on my behalf, I think the apostles understood, at least later on they do, what their real mission was. That they're excited that there's joy because in a real sense, in sort of the modern sense of the term, it's their time to get in the game. It's the apostles' time to do what Jesus did. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Jesus says, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore you go and make disciples. That Jesus gives his power and authority to the church. There's a beautiful line from Pope St. Leo from the 5th century that says, what was visible in our Savior, what was visible in Jesus, has passed into his sacraments. That everything that Jesus did, the church continues to do today in the church. And so the apostles are joyful because now it is their time to participate in the very work of Jesus Christ, and they know they have an intercessor in heaven. Have you ever prepared for something for quite some time? And then when you get your shot, you're excited? Any Packers fans out there? Just maybe a silly analogy, right? This fall, right? It's not too early to talk about football. It's not too early. There's been a quarterback sitting on the sidelines for three years waiting for his turn. Aaron Rodgers is not the GOAT, believe me. He's not the best. But can you imagine the excitement that Jordan Love has to play? He recognizes that it's his time to participate, to get in the game and to understand that he now will participate in a way he hasn't before. Think about if you're going on a date, you're excited. You've kind of got that nervous butterflies, right? Because you're about to enter into something that has real opportunity to change your life or the life of someone else. Playing high school sports, I remember any time I took the ice for hockey, I was so excited, but also I was just nervous and joyful because I realized I was going to participate. We realize that in all of these examples, they pale in comparison to what Jesus is calling us to do to share the gospel, to proclaim the good news, to now go and do everything that he did. Jesus says, greater works than me will my disciples do. And so Jesus actually gives you 
authority to preach the gospel. That's insane. And these 12 apostles literally go and change the world. Paul actually says it in the second reading that God the Father has elevated and put everything at the feet of Jesus. Has given Jesus all power and authority. And then he says that he has given, the Father has given Jesus to the church. And so now the church has the fullness of the power of Jesus Christ. So many times people say, I love Jesus, but I'm not sure about the church. And you can't have it both ways. Maybe you don't love Jesus that much. and need to really search and figure out who this Jesus is. Because Jesus has been given to us through the church. And now you, as part of the body of Christ, share in this power. You participate in the very life of the church in the very work of Jesus Christ, which is amazing. So now your lives are full of so much meaning you don't even know what to do with them. And if you don't have that sort of sense of joy, that sort of sense of anticipation, I encourage you to search your heart, to get to know Christ ever more deeply so that you can attempt to share him with your friends and family. The surest sign of a disciple is that he or she wants to share Jesus with others. Because when we get to know the heart of Christ, it changes our lives. And we see that the Christian life is far from boring. It's the greatest adventure possible. And so these apostles are excited to begin this journey, this adventure. They realize that Jesus has not abandoned them. He has actually come to them through the sacraments and in the church to be present to them in a way even closer than what he was walking with them. Jesus Christ is closer to you and I than he was to the 12 apostles because you and I truly receive him into our bodies and then we take him into the world. The ascension is a great day. It's a great day. It's a day that the Lord planned in his church and wanted you all to participate in the life of the church. Next week is the Feast of Pentecost, and with that comes a greater sense of the understanding of this mystery and a greater sense of courage to share Jesus Christ. And so these feasts, these celebrations all work together, but know today to celebrate that you're in the game, that you're called to participate in the very work of Jesus Christ, to actually lead others to heaven as well. What a great mystery, what a great day the ascension is.